0: What?
1: We are back for hour two of the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And if you guys missed it, and I don't know, I have been carrying this magazine around too. I end up carrying magazines around. Um, Stephanie's, what was it? Was it Asian food? Was that the name of the cover? Asian Eats. It was so good. Oh, thanks. I haven't seen you since I got into it, and it was just such a great package. We have such a wealth of Asian food in the Twin Cities. And I think that's for a lot of people. Maybe a cuisine they're not as familiar with, or and I just thought it was so beautifully shot and really well done. So yay,
0: thank you. Look for
1: that because it was super good. All right, we have Cindy on the line who held over from the last break. Hi, Cindy, you're live on the air. How you doing, Cindy? Hey,
2: Smart
0: and Chanson.
1: Hello. How are
0: you?
2: I'm good. I want to know what I should be planting now for a spring harvest.
0: What should be planting now? It's too early. Anything? Yeah. Is anything
2: can I put anything in the fall for a spring harvest?
1: Oh, yes. I mean, you can do garlic. Um and you can plant that now. They have it at Bachman's. I just saw it. And you break okay. all the little individual um cloves up and then sure. put it under dirt. Do it before we get too frosty here cuz you want them to have time to put some roots down <clears throat> and then you'll put straw. Okay straw on top of it and yep. then you will be able to harvest those next year.
0: Also, okay. Uh, arugula I think you can plant early, right? What? Fall is a great time to plant uh you spring can... greens. You can do spring greens like mustard greens, arugula, s- spinach, those can go in the fall. They'll probably sprout. Uh, I see, okay. But yeah, maybe you may have to wait a little bit. Yeah, I think if you those. planted them now. Radishes and beets and turnips too, those kind of root things. Did you say that? No. Okay.
1: But mm-hmm. also um something to keep an eye on uh homestead what is the name of the book forks in the dirt is one person on instagram and also um homestead to harvest i think is the other one they do a lot of that milk containers where they start the seeds and then they put them outside in the milk containers and then they start early germinating in the spring so that might be something to check out too thanks cindy okay enjoy oh,
2: thank you yeah Anytime.
1: i think if you did arugula and spinach seeds right now they will actually still grow because minnesota september is becoming like
0: the old august kind of yeah no i mean it definitely can be hot don't dry i and, think you can still do it this season but just don't do it until i think we get to october i guess I uh, yeah because otherwise you'll
1: have stuff that's sprouting right. i mean arugula only takes like 30 days typically i know,
0: I know. It, but it, onions and garlic cloves for sure and radishes, I think, are a great one to do right now. Um, kale and chard and carrots. Yeah, That's radishes. You
1: guys, you got to roast those radishes. They are so good.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Uh, we are now at
1: the portion of the program where we do the top two in our two.
3: Giving the old one top. One, two. And now the weekly dish presents. Top two, top two. The top two.
4: Pick your best two.
3: In our two.
4: All right, give me two. Winning, winning.
1: All right, I'm going to start, Stephanie. As part of eating season, I went to Oro last night by Nixta mm-hmm. and had the beautiful dinner. It was great. Su- such great service. But yeah. uh, two things that I want to specifically call out. One was the wild rice horchata. Yeah. Was really interesting and really delicious and kind of unexpected how good I, I thought it was. Because I was a little weirded out by it, but it was amazing. And also the barilla Um, they make it particularly good there and it had this little side of this cabbage salad that was, or excuse me, um, cactus salad that was super delicious. If you haven't been there, that's a great restaurant. Check it out.
0: Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to say last week I went to the Vikings game and the opener and I don't normally am not, you know, a sports bar, sports ball girl, but uh, I did go to find out like what some of the new things that they're eating at the stadium there. And if you do happen to go, I'm just going to shout out that the Union Monk Kitchen, no surprise to anyone. But those tots that they have there. Oh, my God. They are so delicious. And they were just like. Completely covered in this beautiful, you know, Mama Vang sauce that was just outstanding. Yum. So I would say go get those tots and also the Parlor Burger. It holds up. It's it's new this year there. Like it's obviously all over the place and they've really figured out how to franchise that. It's not going to be the same as it when you're sitting at the bar, the Parlor sure. Bar, but it's the best burger, burger in the stadium, I think for sure. So I will say it was quite a riotous time out there. I bet I saw your pictures. Yeah. It looked super fun. It was so fun.
1: Um, okay. There's a restaurant that was Potsaluna that then closed that then they made into a restaurant called Memento that was kind of like a diner. Yeah. They then closed that concept but reopened Memento again in now like a Mediterranean kind of bright uh version. And it was really quite good. Yeah. I was excited for downtown to St. Paul to have something kind of Did you new. eat there yet? I did. You did go. Okay. And the pastas were great, which yeah. Potsaluna had great pasta too. I really, they had a great fish dish. There was a chicken that was on like a romesco sauce with a kind of spicy rice. The drinks program was really interesting.
0: Yeah. It's super interesting.
1: Yeah, I really liked it. And I think do you there was a guy named Kevin that was the beverage director that said he knew you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did I did a little sneak peek of their stuff. And um Aaron Ubin is the chef and he is a longtime veteran who doesn't get a lot of you know, he's he's kind of just been like that solid veteran in the industry. And he is, uh, he was at Tavola in Elliott Park at that, you know, new place in the new hotel that launched that everyone was so excited about. And then boom, the pandemic hit. Yeah. So then he lost his job. And then he was like, took a year or so. He took all times to be with his kids. And then he was basically, what was really interesting to me is he decided to just, when it was time to go get a job, he ended up working, you know, down the street at, uh, uh, at the Loon or not the Loon, the, uh, was it at Kincaid's? Kincaid's. Thank you. And at St. Paul, and then the guys who were were trying to figure out, Morrissey, who owns Memento, were like, we need to figure this out. And so what they basically did is they shut it down, and then they kind of were like, hey, I know that guy is a talent, and a hidden talent. They brought him over, and he's like, yeah, I want to make pastas, I want to do all this Mediterranean stuff, and it's a pretty great marriage. I thought so,
1: too. I really liked it. I can't wait to go back. And the drinks were great, really knowledgeable service. I almost had like a moment where I teared up because the guy came to the table and he was like, I'd like to just walk you through the menu a little bit. And I was like, oh, oh, like service, like the old days yeah. where somebody like is excited that you're there and wants to help you, like figure out what's
0: the best way to order for your party and It was great. One, and Morrissey is really good at that. That's one of their big things. Morrissey, of course, is like St. Paul Grill and Tria. And what's important about the Memento space is that most of the time, Morrissey is a uh, management company in these places, but Memento is theirs and they own it. And so this is where they're feeling that they can stretch a little bit. They can, like, play with some stuff. So I would expect more out of Memento. I kind of wish they would have changed that name, you know, because it is like, if you remember what it was, it was just kind of nothing. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's. It, they said they really liked the name and because it really is about a moment, and so they wanted to keep it. And so I got you got to love them for that. Check it out, I yeah. loved it. Um, okay, so my second one I was just gonna let you know is that Star Bar is open in the Hotel Indigo. This is a new Kim Bartman, you know, project that is happening. Um, they it is really interesting. I think that it's the Hotel Indigo was in the North Star Plaza. Uh, downtown Minneapolis. And I think that we're still trying to bring back corridors of the city and starbar is supposed to be, I haven't been there and I'm sort of excited, but I wanted to put it out there. If you're looking for a place to go downtown before a show or something, that might be a good spot to go check out um, and pop up because uh, it's, they've got like a little, it's supposed to be this really beautiful view of the city from up there. Cool. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Um And I, I did want to shout out Cookin', which we are both gonna go see this weekend. It's at the children's theater. We're gonna have Kate uh Park on next weekend on the show. Um, but this is a really cool show from South Korea that is gonna be at the Twin Cities Children's Theater on through October, I think, through October twenty second.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's not necessary. it's kids can go, but it's also like yeah. very
0: adult forward. It's like a cooking Knife show, like it's it's like a cross. They they said it was a cross between like Blue Man Group and uh, like Tony and Tina's Wedding. Yeah, so it's super cool. It's like there's definitely food at play, and there's a kitchen, and there's like knife and drumming. And what I loved about it, there was a big talk about the. They told me to be to not be surprised how engaged with the rhythm I am, and they said because the Korean rhythm is different than American rhythm. American rhythm is on the beat, and he said Korean rhythm was a half step off. And it compels you by sitting in it to know that that is like something that you don't understand that you're that you're drawn to because it isn't your normal rhythm. Huh? I know. So I'm excited. So It's like the opposite. It it is. It's it's like a half beat off. I like it. It'll be interesting. Um, All right. If you are around next
1: weekend, September 24th, I'm going to be hosting uh, Momo Fest, which is at Malcolm Yards. And I just had the momos there again from Mama Dosa. God, they were so good. Uh, You're going to be able to have lots of different momos. There's going to be a cooking contest where there's a cooking contest where they're going to it's free event. And there's momo making contest at three thirty. There's a momo eating contest at four. So I'll just be there making sure we're having fun, making momos, eating momos, all the momo, 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 momo. Got it. All right. We're going to take a break. We will be right back with a few dribs and drabs on the weekly dish listening to follow up boy Steph and I were just talking about that this was brilliant that they redid this song
0: yeah it's just shocking to me that that it hasn't that it took this long yes
1: Um, okay so I've got some dribs and drabs for us today
0: anything else you need to talk about
1: time once again for Stephanie
4: Hansen's dribs and drabs I mean it's all kind of little dribs and drabs
2: dribs and drabs
1: Huh? Huh. dribs and drabs okay uh, just to remind you, dribs and drabs are things that don't really require a full segment but are kind of interesting to talk about nonetheless and sometimes we go down the rabbit hole. Um, on one of my Substacks, I was privy to a Harris poll that surveyed 2,000 Americans to pinpoint what people think is the least loved edible in the country. Mm. So, what are the foods that people hate the most? The hated, most hated food title goes to the anchovy.
0: Oh, that's unfortunate. I know. That's I was really like, people. The anchovy. Yeah.
1: Is wonderful in so many instances, but fifty percent said they hated anchovies. Um, fifty-eight percent of those anchovy haters were women too. Forty-three huh. percent were men. I thought that was an interesting little statistic. Um, also, if you have anchovies, put them in your tomato sauces when you're making it. Oh yeah. It lends no like discernible fishy flavor necessarily it just gives it like a mommy and a little it's like puff. putting
0: fish sauce in it yeah. which is
1: wonderful too okay the second thing that came up here and we have halloween right around the corner is that black licorice is very divisive
0: it is super divisive
1: 45 percent of people polled put it in the second most hated food category oh I went to Italian eatery this week mm-hmm. and Sean, the bartender lady, who is a big Shawn my girl. talker. She's she's. Yeah. She said to say hi to you. Sean girl. And I go way. Yeah. She back. said she knew you. Yeah. She. They We're talking this, filio days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. this drink on the menu that is peach with a hint of anise on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like it, it felt like the last gasp of summer in a glass. Yeah. Because you got this like super bright peach forwardness, but then this like sort of savory, lingering, ah. Mm-hmm. And I said that to her when she, I was like, this drink. And I explained it to her and she goes, wow, that really is a great way to describe it. But yeah. go f- sit at that bar and have this peach cocktail. The people next to me, I got them to order
0: it and they were like, this is amazing. Yeah, just a different thing. I, I think you have to take it out of like your bad black licorice experience. Like some people may have thought, oh, I'm going to try black licorice and then they hated it. And then everything of the the anisette category, like the Pernod, the Sambucas, all of that goes into that bucket. And there's so many variances with it. Yeah, There's so much different uh, layers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, the third
1: most hated food. Yeah is also one of your favorites and my favorites. So what? we've had like oysters? our three favorites.
0: Yes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yes. 41%. They hate the mollusk. I was thinking, mollusk. what are people like, I watch people like gag over and I think oysters is one of them. But yes, I will eat a tray of oysters for you. If you, if, anytime, anytime. Also, just to point out, like a raw
1: oyster is incredibly different from a Cooked roasted oyster. Yeah. Broiled or whatever.
0: So, or like an oyster stew. Yeah or, or an and like grind oysters like i don't want to i mean i have different feelings about those but yeah i god i love a raw oyster more than anything
1: so allow yourself the pleasure of trying a roasted oyster sometime yeah. it's delicious we
0: were at i went to Manny's a couple of weeks ago and and the boys like with a bunch of us and we all sat there and matt and i like we're like oysters everybody and nobody else at the table did so matt and i just like horked an entire tray of oysters Yum. ourselves you have to find the person you love with it and then everybody else can just move on yes
1: Okay, I might have to go to have oysters and champagne with you and fries somewhere. Oh, my God, I love it so much. Okay, another favorite of ours in succession. Beets, 33%. Love beets. Blue cheese, 33%. Love
0: blue cheese. In fact, I was thinking about blue cheese and peaches as you were talking about that drink.
1: And the next one, I'm all on board. I do not like this food. Okra, 33%.
0: I do not have a space in my life for okra and i'm I'm just saying that it's not and i think it is just because we never grew up with it it sort of showed up and it was sort of slimy and bitter and weird and so we don't necessarily know how to use it it. i don't i just don't i don't know if i need it but i i will say this i will always give it a chance if it's made for me i will give it a chance yeah sure but like i don't need to grow it i don't
1: need to know about it i don't need to hang out with it we're not friends
0: yeah how about capers like eat them on the daily. Yeah. Like eat them on the regular. Like how does somebody, like if you're having tuna
1: salad, what else are you putting in there? And like those big fat capers that look like grapes that sometimes end up on a plate. Carpaccios. Yum. Is that what they're
0: called? No, no, carpaccio is the raw beef plate that sometimes you get oh, yeah. those big capers heat, on. And then yeah. you have,
1: uh, sometimes they cook them with like chicken thighs too, like in a stewed dish. You'll yeah. get like yummy. Like the salt
0: and boca sauces, the little yes. lemon sauces. Those Yum. need capers. I put capers on my pizza. I put capers all over the place. Well, capers on pizza. Yeah, you just like that. if you need, it's because you don't want to salt it, but you want that brininess. So that's
1: why I throw capers on. I them. like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 28% said Brussels sprouts. Remember when Casey Laurie's husband came to my house for a dinner party and I fed him Brussels sprouts and he was like, Who feeds people Brussels sprouts at a dinner party? And then he ended up liking them. I was like, I do. Because you're thinking of your mom's Brussels sprouts that she overcooked and boiled when you were a young kid and they were just a bitter, sloppy mash.
0: I'm going to say this, that uh, Geo Boy uh, had a date night that he made dinner for this girl that he's seeing and he made her his famous risotto and then he made her Brussels sprouts. And I was like, that's a big move. You don't know what her history is. You don't know know, where she kind of grew up. But this generation, too, they're more likely to like Brussels sprouts than the older people are. Well, because we always get them fried or with, like, yeah.
1: there's hot sauce on yeah, them. Yeah, now they're, they're like a
0: bar snack. Yeah, totally. So he's like, yeah, it was a win. It was a total win. <laughs> okay, 26% fennel. I mean, fennel's a... T- that's in that same aniseed black licorice area. Yeah. It gets weird, and a lot of times people don't know how to cook or what to do with fennel, so it gets awkward. Olives. I love it in a salad, though.
1: Oh, yeah, shaved. That's Olives, my favorite. Mushrooms, Olives, mushrooms, cilantro. Yeah, well, that's a chemical thing. Coconut. Pickles, thirteen percent said pickles and mayonnaise twelve percent completed the list of the most. Mayonnaise hated foods. is a weird
0: one when people are like hate mayonnaise. I'm like it's like nothing. It's like a it's a yeah, it's like a moisture thing. It's not even like really a thing. Yeah, I can kinda see that. But it, I get it. No, I get it. But then like people hate
1: yogurt too, which is also like yeah. mayonnaise y I mean, in that sense. also
0: hated cheese, just the category of cheese for many years
1: okay that's funny how could you be in your family and hate cheese
0: uh, trust me he's scarred from it and also he has deep resentments for all of us for who hid parmesan and mashed potatoes and <laughs> put goat cheese into that's cookies funny. it was okay, fun I had
1: zucchini and everything for ellie yeah um okay airlines are creating adults only sections oh, okay. and charging for switching them. a topic yes. okay drips and draps moving on sorry how do you feel about that about what Airlines charging for adults only section because it made me think our restaurants far behind. I just like, I, would you pay more to go into a restaurant where there were no kids allowed? Cause sometimes no, and I have a kid, sometimes kids in a restaurant, if they're not super well behaved and it's not the appropriate setting and the kids are acting out, it's not the kid's fault, but like, it's we parents. don't always want to sit next to your kids at Bar La Grassa.
0: I'm going to tell you a quick story that, and then, like it's with the next caller, but basically at Gori Gori Peku, which is the small, teeny tiny, dark, very adult vibes whiskey bar in San and in Caronumis. and it is um, there was a screaming baby up there. Screaming baby. Like, for the entire meal that two of my friends were having, and they were like Yeah. It's like this big. It's bigger as the studio. Like, that point, you need to get out. So, I don't know. I which- don't know if I'd pay more. I'm also sick of paying for everything on the airline. Oh, everything. Pointing. Yeah. Do you want to breathe this air? That'll be $25. <laughs> okay.
1: That's a really good point. We'll take a break. When we come back, we've got Tim McKee and Peter Thielen. Hey
0: everybody. Welcome back to weekly dish. I am so happy you guys to have with us today, uh, two very extremely cool chefs who are, have really great thoughts and feelings and techniques with food. We have Tim McKee on the line and we have Peter Thielen on the line. Are you both here?
2: We are. Yep. I am.
0: Hi guys. <laughs> Welcome I know to you're the not show. like sitting next to each other, I assume, you know. <laughs> you're, not. you're not. But okay, so Timiki, obviously, James Beard Award winning chef in town, you know, long storied history. Peter Thielen is the chef at Sanjusan, which is, uh, you know, the restaurant that was, it's in Kadonomisa, which is the beautiful place that took over for origami. I love that it went from Japanese restaurant to Japanese restaurant. But Sanjusan opened a couple years ago, and what it is, is a great restaurant that speaks to a, trad- a, a tradition in Japan, which is to blend Italian and Japanese food. It's, it's called Itameshi. Um, but, uh, Peter, you've been how long have you been at the helm in San Uh
4: I've been there since we opened up. Okay. Um, so it was back in March of 2021 yeah. uh, when we opened. So, yeah, and, two and a half years now.
0: And it's been, tell us a little bit about what you, like, how do you describe Sanjasan to people? What can they expect when they go there?
4: Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that Sandu San is, you know, we're kind of like a upscale, casual kind of restaurant yeah. um, that is going to present kind of familiar flavors in like a slightly less familiar kind of way, I would say. Okay. You know, um, it's not going to be anything that is, um, you know, going to just be totally outside of your comfort zone, but it is going to, I think, surprise you. Um, and you might see some ingredients and some techniques that you're not used to seeing around town. Um, and I think the people, when they hear the concept, you know, it's, it's interesting enough that it, it, it kind of, it piques their interest and they want to come in and check it out usually.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah and then when you think about it, you know we're thinking we're talking about things like there's you know if that seems like a strange iteration for you, you have to understand that both you know Italy has a lot of seafood, so does japan there's a lot of really great ingredients that kind of go together um you know they have pastas that you may think about like a squid ink. Uh, or, you know, like an agnolotti, which has, you know, togarashi. You know, so it's like pastas, you think, but then it's boosted with Japanese flavors is the way that I like to think about it. And, you know, p- pizzas that are sort of the way that you think of a pizza, but maybe this one has, uh, you know, spicy raw tuna on it, isn't the Isaac Becker? Or maybe it's got miso pesto on it. And so it there kind me. of just turns the way that you think about, because we're obviously more as a mainstream uh place we're more used to Italian food than we are to Japanese food is that correct do you think
4: Oh for sure for sure and i mean at least some of that as well has to do with the fact that that you know the japanese population in minneapolis is just not that high you know right. <laughs> like there right. aren't that many people that are opening up you know small you know izakayas and stuff right. um, so for sure we're definitely more used to and just you know with like the you know history that minneapolis has of good italian restaurants you know like the Puccina and you know whatever um You know, just being a little bit more in the public's mind, I would say. Yeah, Italian for sure is what people are used to. But I think that also, like, you know, the the through line for me when it comes to Japanese and Italian food is that they're both focused on essentially, like, high-quality ingredients and simple presentations.
2: Yes.
0: You know, like – yeah. three
4: or four or five high quality ingredients and you know just not messed up
1: and presented simply
0: yeah i and, like that and line, then, that works and then if you think about it when you're talking about you know d'amico being a very important part of course that leads beautifully into you know the other guy on the line basically uh so the <laughs> fact that you guys have brought on tim mckee uh to come in and create this really interesting uh omakase menu which is is a little bit of a more interactive presentation, Tim, tell us a little bit about what it meant for you to kind of come into this menu.
2: Sure, it was a great opportunity, and partly we're we're in the process of opening a restaurant across the street. <laughs> um, and uh, it's delayed, and so it gave me an opportunity to work with with Peter. Uh, at sanjasan Joseon. sanjasan's one of my favorite restaurants in the twin Cities and i and i feel we talked about pizza the other day i think Peter's pizza dough recipe is hands down best in town and i know that's that's a bold statement but, <laughs>
0: that is uh, I, that's I, I a lot
2: behind it there's a lot of great pizza in town um, but uh, this was an opportunity to do an intimate series of dinners just for eight people a seating and uh, it's sort of our Ida Meche uh, tasting menu. Um, and uh, I just kind of go through all some of my favorite uh, favorite dishes in the genre that uh, I'm excited about.
1: Tim, with your Spanish tapas background and kind of that Spain, I, I see the through line again there of like kind of simple ingredients presented in a thoughtful way.
2: Right. And I feel like there's a lot of connectivity in cuisines that can be very different, uh, you know one of one of the courses I do in uh, the Omakase is uh, a dumpling that's really inspired by the, L- the Ligurian pansotti, which is a, uh, a triangular uh, overstuffed ravioli of sorts yeah. uh, that that's filled with uh, gathered wild greens and ricotta cheese. Um, it's always served with a walnut sauce. Sauce, which really kind of inspired me to um, kind of think about the elements of the dish and see what what kind of elements of Japanese cuisine kind of fit that mold. And what I did with that panzotti is uh, I filled it with a similar um, wild green filling, but uh, instead of the traditional ricotta, I used Silken tofu, which does sort of the same thing as as far as sure. texture and mouthfeel, and then there, they, there's a walnut sauce in Japanese cuisine um, called karimi, which is uh, typically served with cold soba noodles. So it was really kind of kind of cool to see the the. Uh, connectivity between the two.
0: I cannot wait. I have a reservation. I'm Do so you? excited. Yeah, oh, but it's not till All the end right. of October. Right. And they are holding reservations for 60 days. They're releasing them as they go. Um, I will say that there's something, too, about sitting at that bar and Tim having you and your crew cooking it and then being able to like present it and talk about it was kind of that was a beautiful part of this that I think that people should understand that it is interactive and you do, if you're at all afraid of like, ah, I don't really understand it. I don't think this is going to be my vibe. This going and getting, giving it a shot is really something that is like, like, and it's not to be, it's a really kind of a mind expanding thing. Like the Japanese sweet potatoes. I mean, the, the way that those are like, people don't know what to think about those. And all of a sudden they come and yours were fried with this beautiful parm and oh my God, I mean, the vegetables alone were killer.
2: And and that's funny because one of the things um, that I hear feedback from regularly is people loved what we did with the kabocha squash. Oh, yeah. And really, that is kind of a simple presentation done in more or less the Italian way, but through a Japanese uh, lens. Uh, We roast uh, roast slices of the squash in the uh, wood-burning oven. And then we just simply, uh, as you would in Italian, uh, cu- uh, coat them in brown butter, parmesan. We add a little miso to that uh, and serve it with, instead of the traditional fried sage, we uh, put a few garnishes of fried uh, um, miso leaves. Yeah. Oh,
0: yum. So I know.
2: It's really close to what would be familiar and traditional and I feel like everybody's had squash and brown butter with uh, Parmesan and sage, Uh, but this is sort of a a different uh, envisioning of it.
0: And so for both of you, as you guys are sort of taking things from, you know, maybe cuisines that you're familiar with and you're – I mean, like, what is your technique of, like, how do you familiarize – the way that the Japanese cuisine is always evolving. Do you guys have, you know, do you, have you guys gone to Japan and like just eating around or are you, is there sources that you're using to kind of like keep up to date with what's going on?
2: Um, well, Peter, you've just been to Japan. Oh um, yeah. I was, I was just in Japan for a week. Um, just
4: kind of leading up to the fourth. Um, and, spent some time in Tokyo and also in Kyoto eating at, you know, itameshi waffle wafu Italian spots. Um, so I definitely got some inspiration there and, and the menu uh, I, I put maybe three or four dishes on the menu, you know, shortly after I came back. But I mean, I think that generally speaking, you know, as a chef, like it's really important to, to go out and eat and, yeah. and see what other people are doing. You know, like, I think there's a line in that, um, in Giro dreams of sushi where he says that like, how can I be expected to impress my customers if I don't know more than them? You yeah. know? Um, yeah. It's like you have, you have to go out and, and expose yourself to, you know, what people are doing, what people are thinking, you know, what is kind of, you know, pe- what, what are people interested in right now? You yeah. know, and then if you're, if you're doing that, then, you know, I think that you just kind of naturally will start to think like, oh, well, maybe I should try doing this or I should try doing that. You know, it's just, it's kind of about just, you know, staying sharp and staying, you know, staying interested in food.
0: Yeah. Know? and in ingredients yep. i love this okay you guys well thank you for being on today i want to make sure that everyone understands you can still go to Sanjisan and just go sit at the bar and get like this beautiful pork and these beautiful pizzas and things like that and then you know the yakitori my god is so good so you can just do that and hang out there but if you do want to get the timiki omakaze dinner you do have to watch talk and get uh, a reservation When do you guys remember when the next reservations are going to open up
2: They, they open up Uh, every, uh, 60 days.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and also Stephanie, there are, Peter and I collaborated on a a handful of dishes for the, the regular menu. So even if you're not going the, uh, omakase route, there, there is, uh, some, some new fall dishes on the menu right now.
0: Oh, yes. Tell us about the baniacotta quickly. Uh,
2: well, baniacotta might be my favorite, uh, Italian sauce, uh, the the second one would be a uh, tonado sauce. Yes.
4: Um
2: and uh banyakota is uh, a really unctuous uh anchovy, garlic, a little bit of lemon juice and uh butter and olive oil sauce that's that's typically made for dipping uh raw vegetables, crudite. Um we we uh add a little miso to give it an extra element uh to the to the sauce and also incorporate some uh uh, House made pickles that uh, Peter has connections oh. with some of the most amazing produce from local farms and uh is a master at uh at preserving and pickling and uh so just having being able to try those vegetables in different forms with uh the the sauce which every bite kind of has a different uh interaction with the sauce and it's really fun trying to find what the favorite combinations are
0: gosh i love it i love it i'm coming back to the bar i'm coming back and doing the whole no. thing <laughs> all right thank all you right. tim McKee. thank you peter thielen thank you guys for uh bringing sandra son to the city and uh we'll come visit you guys soon thanks so thank much you. all
3: right thanks bye you guys. guys we'll be back
2: bye i
1: cannot wait been
3: like no boy, boy, boy. i know like gymnastics who knew that
1: jason moraz was I such like a rapper not me i love it <laughs> yeah he's really he's really bringing it thanks jason Mraz. all right stephanie so many things are happening so many things are going on the moral of the
0: story is um go ex- eat mind expanding food and don't just eat pizza every day <laughs> yeah and and yeah i guess kind of like
1: and if you have a a crisper door full of produce Start cooking it. You know, like it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fussy. Um, Just get back to we're coming out of summer and like the heat of summer, though it's going to be beautiful this weekend and warm.
0: It's going to be, but not too warm. It's going to be 70s as we go into the 80s next week. So if you're coming to smoke out on Sunday, which is going to be fantastic out at Kagan Case Market, I have to tell you there are only like 100 tickets left. And that's like general admission. VIP is sold out. So there are only 100 more that could possibly go. So if you're thinking about, "Eh, maybe I'll see, maybe I'll wake up and we'll see. I think you should grab your ticket now. Okay. So smoke out. Uh, We are having our
1: cookbook swap October 14th. Mm -hmm. And we will be at Malcolm Yards from 12 to 2. I talked to Robert uh, and Jeffrey yesterday and they have all of the good books, they said, because they go to all these fancy food events and they get two books. And they only need one. So oh, he's like, they gonna we donate? have been saving books. Oh, we are coming. Bradley Trainer's coming this year to help you sort, Stephanie. He's oh, very good. excited about okay. the sorting. And the sorting is sort of very important to me.
0: Yes. Um, I, have, I have not a lot of like OCD moments. I, for some reason, do with cookbook swap.
1: I'm going to sign books today, but I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to sign books at the event, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to help you sort. Okay. Because last year was a little much. I know. And I didn't help you and I missed it. So I will have books, but I'll have them after the event. Um, So that will be the 14th of October. Please join us. Tickets are online. All the proceeds go to Second Harvest
0: Heartland. So if you want to do something this weekend, there is a lot of October festing going on. Basically, next weekend to me feels like the big one. It feels like next weekend is like this huge... You know, kind of wave of Oktoberfest, but there are definitely places you want to go if you want today. Uh, Forgotten Star up in Fridley, they have bad bad hats. Last night, El Church is there today. They're doing all sorts of fun stuff that have kids involved. There's like llama petting and a magician, which is amazing. Udupils you mentioned earlier is got their first weekend of it. They'll also be doing Oktoberfest next weekend. They, uh, in probably a few minutes, actually, they'll be starting their wedding ceremony and then they'll do the keg tapping and pretzel eating contests, all sorts of stuff. That's really fun. I wanted to shout out Dom Fork in uh, St. Louis Park, obviously a place I love. And they, I love this bar because it's kind of quiet me. and neat and dark. They are doing a very cool Tag und Nachtfest, which is day and night. And they're going to have a special Oktoberfest cocktail. So if you're not a beer person for Oktoberfest, this is what's where you're going to want to go. That's your jam. Yeah. And they're doing Vorst and pretzels all day. They've got DJs spinning house music at night. Like I literally am kind of like, I'm booked tonight, but I would totally be there listening to house music, which would German be German house music, yeah, perhaps. German. And then, of course, it's 10 years for Schwantoberfest today at Bajos Brew Labs. You know, the Schwant brothers love to make German beer. That's what they do. Um, they've got tons of live music. They've got a brat Ones hot sauce challenge, which I think is hysterical. They've got lederhosen
3: and dirndl contests. And, of course, Anamali's and Aki's pretzels are there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists any time for no charge. Visit BetterHelp.com weeklydish Weekly Dish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp slash Weekly Dish.
0: Um, And then going forward on Sundays, St. Paul Brewing, I thought this was nice. They're not having like one fest. They're doing it on Sundays. So Sundays for the next couple weeks, they're going to have Oktoberfest in the beer garden. And they have all sorts of silly games like keg bowling and stein holding. But they are also doing uh, a different menu. Um, And then they have the mug club where if you buy a mug uh, liter for 15 bucks, you get a dollar off any tap in that mug going forward. I like it. I think it's great.
1: Real great. Um, If you're looking for fun fall eating, I am going to do a Makers of Minnesota dinner. It is at the Lexington, and I am working with 45th Parallel. So we talk about the Aqua V cocktails that I love so much. They will have a whiskey drink. They'll have a Aqua V drink. They'll have a vodka drink, and a limoncello, I think, is the final course. And that will be October 17th, and you can get your tickets for that at the Lexington's Open Table during uh, under experiences, they've got it listed.
0: All right, uh, if you are thinking about, uh, we did talk about this last weekend. But I think there are still tickets available for Jay Carver's first release of the Seven Year Brickyard Bourbon. Boy, um, am I liking
1: that Seven Year situation so that they have—the whiskey, the rye. Yep. Ooh. so delicious
0: and they have tickets out there in waconia tonight there's still a few you get a welcome cocktail it's like a 95 five dollar ticket but you get a welcome cocktail you get buddy boy find barbecue which is amazing you get the bottle yep. of rickyard and then you get swag and fun stuff throughout the night so they i think that's good. swag
1: too you're wearing your cute
0: i'm actually wearing my swag today. she sent us a little thing and i it was in my car i got in my car and i was cold this morning yes and i was like this is excellent happy to see this chili 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 are you doing
1: any good eating this week
0: Um, well, I am teeing up, we're both teeing up to go to Italy, so, and you're going to Spain. Correct. And so, when do you leave?
1: Uh, the 28th of September.
0: Okay, I leave on the 25th, so next weekend, you guys, we are still live on the air, and we have some, uh, fun stuff. We actually have Chip's Clubhouse ladies coming on to talk about their version of Oktoberfest, um, and a lot of great things happening on that, but then, so because I know I'm leaving like that week after that, Uh like I'm, like I'm sort of like... I have to like get a lot of stuff done this week. So I think I have a lot of work things, but I'm also going to go. Um, I'm definitely going to go to see uh, some interesting things. I had, there's a play I'm going to go see that I might write up. Oh, I like that's it. called the table and it's in a farm and it's a food play. Is it uh, by Sod House? Yes. Yeah. I'm really
1: excited about that. Yeah. So do. So that's I in Stillwater still
0: on Monday and I think I'm going to have somebody who's going with me, but we'll see.
1: I'm also going to Porzana this oh, coming week, which is the Danny week. Del Prado steakhouse. Yeah. Again, it's eating season, so I'm trying to like go to all the good places that opened that I didn't get a chance to go to, so I'm very excited about that. It's quite delicious. And is there I will, anything I should order in particular?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you you kind of got to go with what you want, but I will say that uh, I found that the scallops, the raw scallops wrapped in shiso leaf, I Yum. know. Shock. I, I have, know. You're I a, a shiso vibe. fan. I'm a shiso fan. I grow it. But there is um, also the bluefin tuna crudo that we had was outstanding, Yum. and um gosh the agnolotti there is they're doing this thing where they're wrapping them in these big coils which is the thing i'm going to go do on a sunday night when i have a chance and um that's going to be fun so, okay that's i i love that and then um but the steaks are spectacular okay. i think that they're really great and king i don't Coyle, need the need to do like a giant tomahawk chop yeah back.
1: exactly king coil distillery is opening too there's a preview this week so I'm looking forward to that. That's in the King Coil Mattress Factory. Our friends from Lake Monster Brewing are opening a distillery. So they've got such a cool vibe over in that space. I'm glad to see it kind of spill over into the distillery elements of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's going to be a great week of
0: eating. Um, A shout out to Urban Wolf Deli, which is now open in Anoka. These were our food truckers who I kind of have really, they've kind of charmed me with their paninis. Um, but I'm interested to see. I might I might pop up to Anoka this week to see what's going on with that whole new pedestrian avenue. Do you know about this? Yes. Yes. The drinking the street. The drinking zone or whatever <laughs> you want to call I'm it. I'm all about
1: it. I hope we have more of that. Bring it to Nicollet Mall. Bring it to Grand Avenue. Probably harder because the the yeah. traffic. But
0: Nicollet Mall, it
1: could revitalize that whole area.
0: Well, and so what they're saying is that they have heard from many cities. They have heard from a lot of cities that have said, How are you doing this? How are you enforcing it? And so it'll be a really cool experiment. Love it. I'm going to probably bring it on.
1: Let's have more communal time together.
0: All right, everybody. Well, have a good one out there. Yeah, we'll see you next weekend. Ciao, Ciao, ciao.